Goodbye, Aquarius. Hello, Pisces. In like a lion, out like a lamb is a proverb generally associated with the month of March. Blame it on global warming, but I think that this time we're going to see that happy transition occurring a little bit earlier. This year it's going to be in February. And I'm not exactly talking about the weather reports. The warming trend I'm expecting is in the human heart. The month begins with an unusual concentration of energies and feisty, often contrarian Aquarius. By mid-month, we begin to see a mass migration into milder Pisces. Let's look at the astrological specifics for starters, then dive into their meaning and their deeper evolutionary purpose. We all know that every year the sun enters Pisces around the third week of February. The exact date can vary a bit, which is why people born on the cusp, so to speak, need to have an actual chart set up for the exact date, place, and time of their births. But this year, that shift into Pisces happens on the 18th of the month. Now, Mercury beats the sun into Pisces by about 13 hours, leaving Aquarius late on the 17th uh, U.S. West Coast time. Venus wins the race into Pisces by about a week, having entered Pisces already on the 10th of February. Those sign ingresses are quick transitory changes, things we notice subjectively because of their suddenness, the same way we notice the temperature drop when we walk into an air-conditioned theater, while maybe not being so cognizant of autumn gradually cooling into winter. The broader, uh, you might say seasonal, backdrop for these three fast-moving bodies changing signs is that when the Sun, Venus, and Mercury cross into Pisces, two slower bodies, Neptune and Chiron, are already there waiting for them. So from the 18th of February onward, we will have a grand total of four planets in Pisces, plus Chiron to ice the rather fishy cake. Meanwhile, back in Aquarius and mightily reinforcing everything Aquarian in the earlier part of the month, there is the all-important south node of the moon. It has been there for quite a while, having entered Aquarius retrograde as always on April 28, 2017. The south node remains there until it crosses into Capricorn on November 15th this year. So lots of Aquarius gives way to lots of Pisces this month. What does it signify? As ever, the most intimately personal answers to those kinds of questions can only arise in the context of where these planets fall in your natal chart. Still, we can see some patterns that are relevant to us all, not to mention being relevant to the unfolding history of the world. As I enter this web of symbolism with you, the portal through which I want to pass is the lunar south node. At the individual level, it always refers to unresolved personal karma. We are all born wounded somehow, or we wouldn't have been born at all. Life is all about healing the wounds that hold us back, and the word healing only has meaning in the context of some kind of woundedness. Now, fleshing this idea out, we recognize that some of us are born frightened. Others are born angry, or insecure, or inclined to escapism, or inclined to violence. You know the list. It is the more unfortunate side of what makes us human. 
I try to understand all of this myself through the metaphysical lens of past lives and reincarnation. And to me, the South Node symbolizes your unresolved ripening karma. But however one views it, the phenomena it represents are as plain as the nose on your face and directly observable. Now, here's the key. As the South Node sweeps through a given sign, all of humanity is dealing with the ripening of a certain kind of karma, one linked to the current zodiacal sign of the node. In this case, it is Aquarian karma. We will define that karma specifically in a moment. The broader point is that the south node always tends to bring out the shadow dimension of any sign. We could therefore label it negative, and that's not completely a mistake. But a deeper view is that we are ready, collectively or individually, to deal honestly with the wound. And that, of course, is the only path to true healing. Bottom line, from April 2017 through the middle of this coming November, all humanity is experiencing an outburst of the more limiting or distorting dimensions of the sign Aquarius. This outburst is particularly intense during the first half of February, when there are three planets in Aquarius as well. We must remember, of course, that every zodiacal sign is ultimately a path to a higher state of consciousness, uh, to an idea in the mind of God, so to speak. But every front has a back. Here, in no particular order, is a list of key words, terms, and concepts that embody the dark side of Aquarius. Here they come. Coldness. Alienation. Contrariness the pariah, the exile, resentment, mistaking oneself for an idea, intellectual defensiveness, criminality, lies, dehumanization, weirdness operating as an affectation or a defense, the stone-cold killer, the designated victim, the rebel without a clue, the pissy teenager, judgmentalness, cruelty, lack of mercy, schism, fragmentation, inability to compromise. So, there it is, warts and all. Now, before I am flooded with furious emails from peeved Aquarians who feel they have been defamed, please remember that this is a profile of the Aquarian shadow, not of Aquarius as an idea in the mind of God. Now, here's a quick reality check. Our premise is that since last spring, all humanity has been experiencing what we might hopefully call a purge of these particularly Aquarian psychic toxins. That we're all flooded with them is part of it. But the good news is that the flood can be understood as a kind of healing crisis, a purge, as I put it a moment ago. A glance at all of the miserable headlines current in the world quickly corroborates our hypothesis. We all know what's going on. The next thought, probably in your mind and certainly in mine, is that, well, yes, indeed, the world is currently a fragmented, alienated mess, but this didn't exactly start last April. Fair enough. 
The south node's passage through Aquarius is just one single astrological factor. Many others, running over a longer period of time, are relevant to what we see going on in the world today. I am thinking primarily of the Uranus-Pluto square, which was at its peak 2012 through 2015, but it was within orbs at least a couple of years earlier than that, and it can still be felt. That epical square is no longer the great buzz in Astroworld, but as I write these words, it's helpful to remember that Uranus and Pluto are still only about five degrees away from a perfect square, so the aspect remains very much activated. The reality check is just ask yourself, doesn't it feel as if the lord of earthquakes and lightning bolts, that's Uranus, is still duking it out with the god of hell? There's Pluto. We see it in the headlines again. I am also thinking of the sadly often ignored conjunction of Uranus and the newfound planet Eris. I wrote a long piece about that for our newsletter back in September of 2016. That conjunction continues until Uranus is safely over the line into Taurus, starting later this year and not really solid until March 2019. Now, the last time Eris and Uranus formed a conjunction, there was a rise of global fascism. That alignment was centered back then on 1928, but both planets moved slowly, especially Eris. It unfolded from the late 1920s into the early 1930s. Uranus uh, solidly entering Taurus in 1934, and of course the horrible lead up to World War II. So the picture is complicated, in other words. It's not just about the south node of the moon being in Aquarius. Everything in astrology is complicated that way. It had better be. Astrology is the mirror of life. So chaos reigns on earth as it is in the heavens. Interestingly, all of these configurations I just mentioned involve the planet Uranus, which is the ruler of Aquarius, and so they are underscored by the current nodal transit through Aquarius. Now, let's be careful not to lose the precision available to us astrologers here. The passage of the moon's south node through Aquarius has a very specific evolutionary meaning. It is not just one more log on the fires that are burning our world to cinders lately. The key to a helpful and more encouraging understanding is that always with the south node, karma ripens. It manifests, in other words. In this case, that suggests two things. First, at the obvious outward level, that there is a universal plague of Aquariosus currently afflicting the planet. See those poisonous keywords I listed earlier for a definition of the collective disorder. But secondly, and more importantly, there is an unconscious collective intention to heal the disease. We are all sick of this bout of Aquariosis. We are ready to heal it, or at least enough of us are ready to heal it, to make a real difference in the tenor of human civilization. From the higher, uh, let us say, angelic point of view, this looping, highly Aquarian, us-versus-them litany of alienation, judgment, and coldness needs to end. What would such an ending look like? If I had to pick a single word, it would be forgiveness. 
And that is one word deeply woven into the fabric of the best side of Pisces. There are others. Release. Letting go. Radical acceptance. Compassion. Surrender. Nice goals, of course. But astrology's strength is the way it casts light on the real-world optimal path for achieving them. It illuminates the actual processes. It helps us generate mindfulness about how to really accomplish it, describing skillful means. And beyond all that, it also places these healing processes accurately on the calendar, not just what to do, but also when to do it. In your personal life, and I hope in the broader world too, the first part of February probably involves your getting heartily sick and tired of some of the compulsive mental fugues in your head, fugues that embody some or all of those bad Aquarian words we listed a few moments ago. I want to underscore here that simply admitting that you are sick of those attitudes and thought patterns is a huge spiritual victory, simply admitting you're sick of them. The ego is always attached to them, practically making a religion out of the dramas they generate. It does not want to release them. Letting go is the ultimate goal, but the process of release begins with the acknowledgement that you're tired of them, that you are getting bored with yourself, the juice is going out of your resentments. This cessation of engagement with your own whining narrative is the feeling state that arises as a south node attachment of any sort begins to be extinguished. It is spiritual gold. As we enter February under the rays of the Aquarian Sun, Mercury, Venus, and South Node, those unpleasant energies crest. Notice that. Be mindful of it. On the 10th, as Venus enters Pisces, they begin to ease, and a tender moment with someone about whom you care might be the outward trigger. That's Venus. Then on the 17th and the 18th, Mercury and the Sun cross the line into Pisces, and the process of release attains full power. At that point, rather than forcing anything, I would only encourage Piscean mindfulness in you. Entertain the idea that you are possibly not, in fact, actually as angry, resentful, beset by scorpions, misunderstood, and ill-used as your recent position papers might suggest. Maybe you just don't feel that way anymore. Maybe the juice has simply gone out of a lot of that drama. You may be repeating it out of habit, but your heart is not really in it any longer. This Piscean mindfulness is almost the opposite of effort. It is more like surrendering to what actually is. You have probably already done most of the work. The trick here is to notice it and to let go of those Aquarian habits. Going further, we might ask, what is your personal relationship to Aquarius? That means, do you have any planets there? What house or houses of your chart does Aquarius touch? What aspects are involved? The answers to those technical questions are, of course, quite individual. But they tell us what part of your life needs this precious gift of just letting go and moving on. 
In the sixth house, is it about your responsibilities or your health? Natal Venus in Aquarius, something about a primary relationship? This is all the craft of astrology. You know how it works. I feel that as you accomplish all this personal work, you are also setting up healing resonances that go far beyond finding some serenity in your own life, although that's reward enough. The big collective world out there, the world of the daily headlines, is really just the aggregate expression of the consciousness of all seven billion of us. Never forget that you are one of them and that your vote counts. Thank you.